0: Hi everybody. welcome to all have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. This is a show where I bring on motivating and inspiring women and my hope is that you feel like you are sitting in on a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or a run with two friends chatting. I'm really excited today because today my guest is someone I met through the podcast. So this is episode 53, and I'm talking with my friend Erin Curran-Blinn. So Erin reached out to me about coaching last September, and from there we worked together in that regard, and she also took family pictures of my crew once my little one, Russell, was born. Erin is a photographer. She is an amazingly talented photographer, and she has a really interesting story. She grew up with 12 siblings. Yes, you heard me right, 12 siblings. So in this episode, we talk about that. We also talk about her recent breast cancer diagnosis, her treatment and how she ran a marathon only one year after that diagnosis. Erin's doing great right now and she's got a powerful story here. So I'm excited to share her story with you guys. I wanna thank everybody who has left me a reading and review on iTunes. It's the best way for potential new listeners browsing around on their search engines or whatever on iTunes it's one of the best ways for them to locate the show so I mentioned two weeks ago that I was giving away a $25 Starbucks gift card to all new ratings and reviews so that's gonna go to and I I put all of these names in the Excel sheet and did a random pick I didn't even do it my husband did it so the Starbucks gift card is gonna to go to Jennifer Spring 123 She says, I am not a runner, but I still love this podcast. Lindsay addresses a wide range of topics and I always enjoy listening. Love that so much because sometimes I feel like people think they won't like this show because they're not runners. But if you're a regular listener, you know that is definitely not all we talk about. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Thank you for listening. Email me, lindsay at and we'll get you set up with that gift card. And you guys, my Patreon page is still rocking and rolling. I dropped my second bonus episode just last night, so Tuesday night. I'm recording this on Wednesday with my friend Ashley Fizzarotti. She was actually podcast guest number seven on this podcast. So she, I interviewed her way back in the day. But anyway, yeah, if you want access to that episode and then my first bonus episode with Allie Feller, you guys can go to patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. I'm committed to bringing you a bonus episode every single month on that Patreon page. And I'm also looking into doing a little something extra for Patreon supporters as well. When I launched the Patreon page, my commitment was one bonus episode a month and I needed to get there and see if I could handle that load and then what I could do next. So I will not disappoint if you are a Patreon supporter. And so far those first two bonus episodes are just fun, casual conversations. It's a lot of that chit chat that you hear at the end of these podcasts, the fun stuff that we talk about. So I'm really enjoying it. So I wanna thank Now Foods for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Now Foods has been a leader in the natural products industry since 1968. Um, if you're if you're a regular listener of the show, you've heard me mention, I've been to their facility, I've seen how they handle their products, and I believe in what they're doing. So you can get anything from supplements, beauty and health, essential oils, sports nutrition, natural foods, pet health, you can get all that at Now Foods, they have all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to tell you what I'm ordering from them this week. So recently I got the Rich Roll of uh, I bought the Plant Power Way, the Ritual cookbook. I listen to his podcast every once in a while. And he has, he's a vegan. I'm not a vegan, I'm a vegetarian. But he has all these delicious recipes in his cookbook. And he has the Epic Five Recovery Blend, which is a smoothie for post-workouts. And he's got these powders in here that you're not gonna find at regular grocery stores. I mean, you can find them at Whole Foods and natural health stores for sure. But I usually go to Kroger or Trader Joe's because that's what's easiest with my kids. Um, but I found that I can order these powders from Now Foods that this recipe, the Epic Five Recovery Blend. So it calls for two kale leaves, half a small beet with its greens, one apple, one cup of frozen blueberries, one tablespoon of acai powder. I know I'm gonna say that wrong. It's A C A I. Do you guys know what word I'm talking about? I always say it wrong. Is it acai? I don't know. But anyway, one tablespoon of acai powder, one teaspoon of maca powder, fourth a cup of pumpkin seeds, one teaspoon of spirulina. You guys, I can't say these fancy words. And then one scoop of protein powder, one tablespoon of hemp seeds, a fourth a cup of goji berries, and three cups of coconut water. That's a damn expensive smoothie, right? But I wanna try it because I am committed <laughs> to taking care of my body and fueling with the best possible nutrition. The The interesting thing about this recovery blend, though, is, is he says, mix and match, play with what works for you. So if you don't have every single ingredient, that's okay. My whole point, though, is you can get all these funky powders from Now Foods and you can trust their product and you can get them for 25% off if you're a listener of the podcast. I also recommend their creamy vanilla plant protein complex. Check out Now Foods. Go to now 2 ucom Enter promo code another, all caps, to save 25%. Thanks, Now Foods, for sponsoring this episode of All Have Another podcast. All right, you guys, enjoy my conversation with Aaron. Oh, there it is. Yay. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. What, are you, what have you been doing today? What's your Saturday looked like?
1: So far, it's looked like packing boxes and going to Target because we're moving in like three weeks.
0: So you're in Texas right now?
1: Yes, I'm in Texas.
0: Okay. Today's guest on the show is Erin Curran, and we met through the podcast. That's right. I love that so much. You know, I feel like you meet all these people through Instagram and Twitter and writing a blog, but now I get to meet people that are listeners of the podcast, and sometimes they're interesting enough to bring on the show. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) So Erin reached out to me about coaching back in, when was that?
1: Yeah, I think it was around September because the marathon was in January.
0: Okay. So you live in Texas, but you're moving to Connecticut. That's right. How do you feel about that?
1: I mostly feel excited. In September, no, in August, my husband and I were on vacation in New England and we were like, oh, we'd like to move to New England. And then we ruled it out because it was so expensive. And literally the next week, a client up there reached out to me about a job. And a few months later, we were moving to Connecticut.
0: That's insane.
1: It is insane.
0: It's like you wanted to too expensive opportunity arises, boom, you're going.
1: Exactly. It's we f- still feel like it's insane but we're super excited.
0: Okay, so can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I mean, I I feel like I need to say this cuz I'm still like blown away by it that you have 12 siblings.
1: I do have 12 siblings.
0: That's insane to me. I mean, like that's all you had to tell me when we met <laughs> and we'll talk about we we actually got to meet in person but Talk about that, but like all you had to do was say that, and I was like, I need to have her on the podcast because there's a lot I want to know about that.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's a lot to tell.
0: So, first of
1: all, we're not Mormon or Catholic,
0: yes, and everybody assumes that, I'm sure. Yes, they do. Okay,
1: really, my parents are just crazy,
0: they're just crazy. So, you grew up in Texas,
1: that's mostly in Texas. So, we moved to Texas when I was eight, I was born in Ohio then we lived in Michigan and Florida for a little while and then landed in Texas and have
0: stayed ever since so tell me about your family tell me about all that
1: so of the I'm the second oldest my oldest sister I think is 39 she might be 38 she probably won't forgive me for not knowing my youngest (laughs) brother is 16 um so I have friends who have kids the same age as my youngest brother which is crazy um Nine of my siblings are boys. There's only four of us girls. We're all pretty close. We get along really well, but it is one big, loud, crazy mess.
0: And so then one of your siblings is adopted, or do you have multiple siblings that are adopted?
1: Only one is adopted, and he's totally special needs, like full care. He's 30, and it's like having an adult infant.
0: And so he's, and fifth- he's
1: the f- Yes, that's right. He's fifth born.
0: So how does that play into everything? Your mom biologically had 11, or... 12 children, and 12, they yeah. adopted one.
1: So I think when they adopted Sam, that's my um, brother who's adopted, he's from South Korea, and I think at that point they thought they weren't having any more children. Okay. And then they changed their mind. <laughs> they were like, and oh, had eight on. more.:
0: let me have eight more. <laughs> just
1: kidding, let's have eight more kids. <laughs> and the youngest seven boys were born in like nine years.
0: Oh my god! There's a
1: set of twins in there, and they were like boom, 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 just crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm tired thinking about it because I, I maybe I don't deal with pregnancy that well, but like I'm always so tired, especially in the first like 15 weeks. And I'm like, I can't imagine, and, and even this time around with only two kids I'm chasing after, I was like, man, this is so hard because I have these two other kids. But like to have 10 kids you're chasing after. Well, by the time the younger ones were born us, older
1: ones, we really helped out a lot. That's true. I mean, I think I fell into my job basically because kids are my go-to. I've always been around kids. But still, yeah, she was pregnant for like nine years total or something. We added it up once. It's crazy.
0: In that regard, let's talk about your job. You're a photographer. That's right. And we got to meet.
1: Yes, because I came and did your pictures.
0: Yes. So Aaron Russell was born. Erin came to the house. She was traveling um, up this way, and so she has got to see firsthand the chaos <laughs> of my family.
1: It wasn't that chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> it was busy, but that's three little boys.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of funny because the situation is like she came. you came over in the morning. I am such a a uh, disorganized mom in the fact in the way that like I feel like a lot of families would be like these are the outfits our kids are gonna wear for our family pictures blah 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 and <laughs> literally like an hour before you got there I was like should I run to Target really quick and get Marshall's shirt I didn't realize he only had really one nice dress shirt and Lewis has a million because he's got all the hand-me-downs from two of his cousins yeah that's and right there um, and, I, and I was set on Russell, but I was like, I didn't even like, know what my family was going to wear. You were coming over, and in, in 15 minutes ago, I was like, okay, pull the trigger. we gotta, we got to put these boys in something, and then they all ended up in blue.
1: <laughs> and it was perfect, and I kind of love that because my business has been built around like, people showing up with their families. I want to capture people as they are rather than Sunday best picture perfect because that's not really real life. Yeah. I want, like, those real expressions and crazy moments and, you know, all the insanity that is having three kids in four years or four and a half years when I come to your house. Because so, you're going to remember that.
0: Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. When you have somebody else in your house and, like, the scene that you're really in, your real life, you're like, oh, shoot, I hope I don't, like, yell at my kids too much. Let's not, let's yeah, not be fake, happen. though, you know? Yeah. So you said... Growing up with all of, you know, having all these siblings is what kind of made you go into photography.
1: I just was always around kids, and it gave me a career path that allowed me to keep working with kids. But also, I've always been a writer and a storyteller, and my degree was in journalism. And it just was a really natural avenue to get to do things I really enjoyed. Interacting with kids on a regular basis, and then also telling stories. And I didn't set out to do that when I went to school, but it just kind of evolved, and here I am.
0: Well, it works really well together, too. And if you guys follow Erin on Instagram, what is your Instagram handle?
1: E eblinn, B as in boy, L-I-N-N.
0: That's it, just Yep.
1: That, just eblinn,
0: yeah. Yeah, if Before you follow her. Me- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you follow her, <laughs> you see, like, the pictures that she takes, and you do tell stories with all of your pictures. Like, there's always... You, you either always have, like, some really nice quote from a book or something that you heard from, like, the experience, like, with the picture you put up of, um, of our family in our bedroom. You mentioned, like, something you had talked about with Glenn. And so you do tell a story with the pictures.
1: And I try to remember those things because I know, especially with families with young babies, they may not remember the details of what's going on. And I want to remind you, I want, when you look back at those pictures, I want you to remember those details.
0: That's so good. Is that your favorite? Is your favorite uh, client young families?
1: Yes. I shoot some weddings and I really enjoy weddings, but I, because I so enjoy kids, I, I really love families and I have some families I've been working with now for, since their kids were born 10 years ago Wow! and I've been watching the progression of these kids growing up and it's pretty incredible. It's really cool.
0: I think there's something to be said for if you're the kind of family that does hire a photographer on a somewhat regular basis, even if it's every, like, two years, you know, to get family pictures. Mm-hmm. If you came with the same photographer because they know your family.
1: Yeah, and the kids start to know me, and our interactions change because they'll remember me, and they'll come with ideas, and it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, and you were so good, and which is, you know, you don't know. I mean, you don't have children yourself yet at this point in your life, and so you don't know when someone comes into your home, like, are my kids going to be annoying to them? You know, like I think my kids are adorable and they frustrate me at the same time, but like to other people, they might just be annoying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there are moments when you show up for a photo shoot and the kids are terrors the whole time. Your kids weren't, they were busy, but they were pretty normal. Yeah. Um, But it always works out. Even if I just get five minutes of natural expressions and laughing, or even sad, if that's who the kid is on that day, It always works out that I get enough.
0: Yeah, I was I was a little bit disappointed because um, for you because Lewis is our funny kid. He's just hysterical all the time, and he just his personality wasn't there that day. I think he was coming down with an ear infection or a cold or something. But I was like, usually, and you you got some great pictures of him. But usually, his personality is so loud, and I love to share that with people because he makes everybody smile.
1: I, and I got a sense of that, but I also had heard you tell stories on the podcast and mm-hmm. just through our interactions. And in. mm-hmm. so, hopefully, if I get to do your photos again sometime down the road, I'll get get a bit more of that. But You'll we did still get some really fun shots. Yeah, of him. you got great yeah, pictures.
0: that's right. You just missed out on the fun <laughs> with him. Oh man! <laughs> so you so, okay? Do you want to tell everybody? You so you moved. You guys are moving to Connecticut. Where did you take a job?
1: So I took a job at Connecticut Children's Medical Center, which is a children's hospital. And my role is the technical role is medical photographer. But the appeal of the job really had to do with getting to tell visual stories of sick kids uh, to help the hospital raise awareness and fundraise and that kind of stuff. But I'll also be doing like headshots and um, (laughs) just a variety of medical procedure stuff that it'll all be new, but. It's also just a good opportunity for us to live in New England and have a little more of a predictable um, life for a while because I work freelance now, so my schedule's all over the place.
0: Are you still going to be doing your own photography business, though, for families and whatnot?
1: Yes. I can't imagine totally laying that down. I will. It'll change. Obviously, most of my clients are here in Texas, and Mm -hmm. I'll be there, Uh, but I'm planning on coming back a few times a year to work, and I will start looking for particularly newborn clients and young families in New England
0: so New England people if you know anybody in Connecticut right
1: yeah I'll be in Hartford but I already have some clients in the Boston area so I'll keep working there too. oh
0: fun cool yeah so let's talk about you started running 10 years ago you were overcoming some depression your mom was sick can you talk about that a little bit
1: Yes. So actually it was thirteen years ago because okay. I did I know my mom got sick when my youngest brother was three and he's sixteen. So that was thirteen years ago. I, I um I was living in Toronto at the time. I moved home to help my mom with the kids. She had breast cancer. Um and it was just a really hard time in our life. I had put on some weight in Toronto and just wasn't super happy and so I realized I needed to go outside every day. And um my dad had always been a runner, so I just started running around the block. And then I started running for 20 minutes, and then it just turned into, like, I was running for over an hour, and then I was a runner.
0: <laughs> How long did you um, live at home when you moved back to help with your, the kids when your mom was sick?
1: So I lived at home just for, there was like five or six weeks. My mom went and did this crazy alternative treatment that my sister and a friend of ours and I lived at home just with the kids. Oh, wow. Uh, our parents were in Colorado, and it was insanity. Um, but then after that, I lived with two of my sisters and was just close by.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Now, did she end up going the more Western traditional route after yes, the alternative? She did.
1: she did. She went like super healthy, vegetarian, turned orange because she was juicing carrots and then had a mastectomy and did chemo. And, and now she's been cancer free for, I mean, 12 years. So. Wow,
0: that's a long time. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah. How long had you lived in Toronto? Two years. And how old were you? And I loved it. I was
1: 20, and that was 13 years ago, so I was like 23, 24.
0: And I mean, I think a lot of people say they would do that for their family, but like, I mean, that's a big commitment at that time in your life when you're kind of like just getting out there on your own to say, hold up, I'm going to stop what I'm doing with my life right now. Come take care of my family.
1: It really, I get, I don't know. At the time, it just seemed like there was nothing else to do. They needed the help, and I was able, and I had the flexibility. And in retrospect, I'm really glad I did it, because my youngest brothers I hadn't spent a lot of time with and now still were pretty close. So I'm glad I had the, I'm glad I did it. It was hard, don't get me wrong. Um, And I missed Toronto terribly, but I never went back. I was going to say,
0: did you ever go back?
1: Yeah. I've visited but I never moved back after that. I've stayed in Texas.
0: So with your brother with special needs, is he were you guys then his sole caretakers while your parents were gone as well then?
1: Yeah, that's the even crazier part of the story. My sister and I were not big enough to like we can't lift him. He's like over a hundred pounds. So one of my friends from Toronto, a guy came home with me and helped with him he had never taken care of a special needs kid wow and he was like changing diapers and giving him showers and like full on but we just my family because there were so many of us we just needed the help and he did it it was pretty cool
0: yeah that's amazing I feel like just talking about all this I need to have your mom on as a separate guest for the podcast
1: she would be a good guest yeah (laughs) interesting
0: (laughs) right so then when so then did, did you, you never left then because you're, you're still in Texas, but no, you're, I, you're I, like three hours I, away from your family, aren't you? No, they're close. They're, my mom and dad are about an hour away. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now this will be your next big move then to Connecticut after. Yeah.
1: Okay. And that's going to be a big change because now there's nieces and nephews, and, um, but it just seems like a good thing for my husband and I right now, so we're doing it.
0: Oh my gosh. When it's all said and done, your family is going to have like nine million nieces and nephews.
1: Yes, my mom's one of nine, and there's like 30-something cousins. I mean, part of that's because there's 30 kids in my family, but it's nuts.
0: And we talked about this a little bit when you were at the house, um, because your husband has a smaller family, right?
1: Right, he just has one sister.
0: And so when you guys spend holidays with them, it's just like calm and...
1: (laughs) Exactly. His family, it's like two. he has two nieces and his sister, and they're really close, and it's very quiet. And my family, it is like a madhouse. It's just noise because I have nine brothers that are in their 20s. Yeah. Like, it's totally a different feel.
0: Oh, my gosh. So when you reached out to me with your email, you were coming off a cancer diagnosis yourself.
1: That's right. I had finished treatment. I had, right, my, so my husband and I got married, in, um, and within six months, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was pretty wild because my mom had had it. I didn't have the mutation, but I kind of, when I got the diagnosis, kind of had a sense of what we were in for.
0: Yeah. And you had it super early.
1: I did. I'm really fortunate because it was, I didn't have to do chemo. I only had to have one surgery and then did radiation. And that was kind of that.
0: Now, walk me through that a little bit. Did you, um, did you find that in a self breast exam?
1: No, so it's, this is, it was, I feel so grateful when I think back over how this went down. There was no lump that anyone could ever feel. I had had a mammogram several months before and I was on a trip and I woke up one morning and I had some bleeding on my shirt. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was just a super random symptom. It happened a few mornings. So I called my OB when I got home and she ordered another mammogram just because it was unusual. Still didn't see anything. They did a sonogram, and the sonogram, they found the mass.
0: Uh, Oh, why had you originally had the mammogram, though?
1: Because of my mom's history, so they start you earlier if your mom has had it.
0: Okay, so you had just started getting regular mammograms then? Yeah. Like, probably at 35?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: Okay, so this was last November, so this past November, you were a year out. Yep, that's right. Okay, how did you handle that diagnosis? I mean, you're 36. It was, we were
1: shocked. For one thing, when I went to the doctor the first time, we just thought it was something minor. And everybody was pretty like, oh, it's probably nothing. Let's just keep checking just in case. And then, like, we had just started trying to have a baby. And, like, because I'm 36, so we didn't want to wait super long. I didn't get married until I was 35. Um, it was It was hard just because it's so jarring, like I had just run Boston, we had done like all this awesome stuff when we got married, and then we're dealing with surgery and cancer, and yeah, it was not good, not good at all.
0: How did you handle, my my thought always goes to this, when people go through this, and in my life, I have this cancer fear, my husband says I obsess over cancer, and you really can't just live your life like that if you're ever going to be happy and content you know
1: no you really can't
0: um that's something I like personally have to work on every day but how did you handle the fear that like comes probably I'm sure just rushes over you when you hear that news
1: well (laughs) it was so shocking and I don't know that I handled it well until several months and we were seeing a therapist. and we kept seeing her just because we needed some help adjusting to being married Mm -hmm. because we were in our mid thirties. Um, and I have an awesome husband, but it, it was just a huge adjustment for us. Um, and so we kept working with her and she was really helpful in like staying on the page of what we knew about my diagnosis and not getting ahead of Mm. ourselves and taking it, um, just one day at a time. Yeah. try to only stay with, okay, this is a slow growing cancer. So that's good news rather than running with like, you hear the word cancer and it's a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Even if it's treatable, that's just what people hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just had to one day at a time it and for better or worse, I kept running through most of my stuff other than when I couldn't run cause I was recovering. Um, and that helped a lot. But just like when my mom was sick, it's just my best coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, It wasn't fast and it wasn't pretty, but I kept doing it.
0: Were you, um, do you think it made a big difference with that therapist that you already had a relationship with her? It was really helpful. Um, It would have been hard to start that Mm -hmm. right with
1: the diagnosis, but it was pretty fortunate that we already were both working with her and knew we liked her and trusted her.
0: Now, do you still see her?
1: Yes, but not as regularly.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, like, I think every single human on the planet, every single marriage could benefit from seeing a therapist, you know? <laughs> like,
1: Oh, yeah. Our communication has benefited greatly from having that relationship. Just to have somebody to kind of help you figure out how to talk to each other when you're missing each other. Awesome.
0: Well, and totally. And, you know, I think it's kind of turning into being the norm a little bit more to get married when you're in your 30s, 35 or That's whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, and you've lived yes. a lot of your life without that person doing your thing.
1: That's exactly right. And we are both super independent people. Kids in big families tend to be pretty independent uh-huh. because my mom couldn't do stuff for us. She was busy with the babies. And Ty's personality, he's just very independent anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this can, has been helpful.
0: just thinking about that, I can not I can't imagine having that many children. Like, how much one-on-one attention can you really give one child? Yeah.
1: It does not happen.
0: <laughs> we used to fight
1: over going to the grocery store with mom. Like, cause that's
0: how we got time. That's so sweet. What does this mean for your life now? You're healthy. Yeah, I'm healthy.
1: So it, when I got my diagnosis, we immediately did IVF and preserved embryos cause we are still hoping to have a family, but now we have to wait several years. So we're looking at starting a family in our forties, which is totally different than what we expected. Um, But I'm grateful that the technology and know-how exists to have done that. Um, I took the job in Connecticut partly because it has a ton of appeal to me, but also because the benefits are really good. And the reality of this day and age is if you've had a diagnosis like that, you need good insurance. Yeah. It felt really weird to have that be a factor in Mm -hmm. making a choice like that. But Ty's job, he's finishing a PhD, so it'll change in the next year or so um, as well. And when we knew we wanted to move to new England and this came up, it was like, Oh, well, the benefits are also really good. Important.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I
1: see the A lot. But other than that, like, and the delay in having kids, I feel really fortunate that there's not a lot of other side effects or, um, it, uh, if anything, it's just made us really grateful for the life that we've been given. Yeah. So
0: do you, um, do you ever think about like, well, are you on tamoxifen? Is that, is that why you can't, is that
1: why you guys have to so wait five years? The, so I'm not taking the tamoxifen. It's been recommended. Um, it has a lot of side effects mm. that I have just been really hesitant to get involved with. Um, so I see my doctor more frequently and she, while she's recommended the tamoxifen, she's willing to work with me as long as I see her more frequently. Okay. Uh, my sister-in-law had breast cancer at the same time as me, and she's taking it, and it has been an interesting <laughs> adjustment, so.
0: Now, is she younger, too? Is she also in her 30s?
1: She's in her 40s, um, and she went, it, hers was diagnosed, I mean, it was technically, like, pre-cancer. She went oh, for her first early. mammogram when I got sick, okay. and that was when she was diagnosed, so that was just, it was kind of terrible, because here Ty had I was going through treatment and so was his sister. Gosh, but yeah. it was so early that really it um she's just really fortunate.
0: Did that did you getting diagnosed and like is that kind of what encouraged her? Mm-hmm. Like, oh it's time to do this, like I need to go just like have a baseline. Yes, that
1: was exactly why she did it. Wow. Yeah, that was exactly why she did it. And her baseline was when they found it.
0: That's crazy because you know, it's it's like when you're going to do that, I think we I think A lot of us put that stuff off because in the back of our heads we're like, "I'm probably fine. I just don't want to know, though." Like, just kind of like avoiding it. And then you go, "Yeah, you're like, I have no reason to think that anything would be wrong." And then that she actually did have breast cancer—that's crazy.
1: It is crazy, and it's made me really encourage people. I mean, nobody likes a mammogram. Pancake boobs are not fun, (laughs) but it's important to do the um, the basic. Medical care stuff to make sure you're okay. Just so they know if something mm-hmm. changes down yeah. the road, you'd much rather know this stuff early and have it be oh, well that was inconvenient rather than yeah, you're you know a more serious diagnosis.
0: I've had a mammogram and people say some people say they hurt and maybe it's because I had really small boobs, but like it didn't hurt me at all.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're super painful, just uncomfortable. Not like yeah. oh, I love
0: it, but you just don't really want to go thing. do it. Totally. So. Do you ever think about, okay, this is where my mind's going. Um, now I have these five years that I have to wait. Well, I guess you're into four years now, right? Yeah, that's right. That I have to wait to have children where we were kind of like, you were on your way, like you very well in your mind maybe would have had a baby right now. Um, do you yeah. ever think like, now what are we going to do with these five years? You know what I mean? That we've been that I've been given because I found my cancer early and we don't have children yet. Yeah. Well, and that was when we
1: got really serious about talking about moving, honestly, because if you move when you have, I mean, you know, you live close to your family and your kids are growing up with their cousins. Um, Not having kids right now made us way more open to the possibility of living far away. Mm -hmm. Um, Once he's finished with his degree and we're a little more established, we definitely want to travel. He's never been to Europe, so we want to do some of that. As soon as I finished my cancer treatment, I really want to um get my running speed back up and I hadn't thought I was going to run Boston again now I definitely want to run Boston again um and you know we just I feel like these 5 years are definitely for those things mm-hmm. like let's move away let's travel let's he's done running marathons but I want to keep it up so yeah.
0: do you think um going through what you've been through and you know it's an ongoing thing you like you said you have to still visit your doctor frequently and you're thinking about these things when you're wait. you know you know you have an appointment in a week I'm sure that's kind of like my appointment's coming up you know in the back of your mind um when people just complain about like minute stupid stuff in life are you kind of just like do you feel jaded ever like are you really complaining about that <laughs>
1: I think I do sometimes (laughs) I try not to because whatever your stuff is, is your stuff, whether it's, you know, um, I don't know my, yes, I do, but I try not to. That's kind of the simple answer because before all this happened, I was super annoyed about, you know, my dog has stomach issues and now that seems like a small thing. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I get that. And um, I always, any anytime like anything, anything irritating comes up in my life, I always, well, I always think about, you know, what you've been through and, and things like that. And I'm like, Lindsay, put it into perspective. Come on now. So let's talk about your marathon plans. When you came to me, you were wanting to um, qualify for Boston again. And you were close. Yep.
1: I was close. The worst marathon day ever.
0: You weren't even a full year. Were you even? Yeah, you were just a full year from your cancer diagnosis.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about going through a lot in one year and saying, yeah, I'm also going to train for a marathon, and try to qualify for Boston again.
1: <laughs> I guess when you put it like that, it does sound like a lot. Yeah. At the time, it felt like just the, that's just what I do.
0: Yeah. Do you think that having that goal, like, I want to run fast again, like, you know, I kind of like in your email, I kind of felt like you had this, like, I've been given this second chance at life, really, let me do something that's going to make me feel like I'm like badass.
1: Yes. And I think, and this is something I love about running even before I was sick, like, it is something I can make my body do. I couldn't make my body not have cancer, but I can make it run. Mm. And I'm not the fastest runner, but I can run faster than I ran, you know, a year ago or three years ago if I work at it. And I definitely coming out of treatment had a like spark in me to gain back and even go further than I had before I got sick.
0: Yeah. And you strike. And me I still have that. Fire. <laughs> yeah. You're going to yeah. get it. You strike me as the kind of runner too that is kind of like no BS, no excuses. Like I'm not quitting this workout because it's hard.
1: No, I'm not, although I do feel like this last training cycle had a lot of hard pieces. um, Some of that may have just been doing it right off of treatment. Um, Yeah, I I like the effort that is required to get faster. I think it's not fun exactly, but it's challenging and definitely makes you grow. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like, did you have like, um, what kind of emotions did you have? when you were running the marathon, I mean, you get to the start line, the whole race and, and crossing that finish line.
1: Yes. So when I think it was probably not until about mile 18 that I realized probably unless I like could pick up the pace, I wasn't going to make Boston happen. That marathon, it was the Houston marathon. It was really humid and it was hot. Um, And so I was sad for a couple minutes, but then I did come back to like, I've had cancer and trained for a marathon and I'm running this marathon. I'm going to finish the marathon. I'm going to finish it. It's not going to be my slowest time. And, you know, I just shifted into that mindset. But then at mile 25, my running partner's daughter, who is, she just turned five, was there with her aunt and she was cheering and she knew I had been sick. And she had made a sign and was, like, standing there. And, like, as soon as I saw her, I started crying. And I was like, I have, like, these people have stood behind me and walked with me through this. And who cares about Boston? It'll be there. Like, I get to do this. Any day you get to run is a good day.
0: That's so good. You're making make me cheer up picturing this little girl.
1: I'll send you a picture. She was pretty awesome.
0: I feel like maybe I've seen it. Did you post it? Or is there you a probably picture? have. I probably posted it on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, so who are these people, Do you Are you going to be sad to move away from them? Oh, my gosh, yes. So
1: I um, met the little girl's name is Nadine. I met oh. her mom at a party years ago. And then when she had her daughter, uh, I did their newborn photos. And Donna was a runner. And she and I started talking running at the newborn session when Nadine was born. And just... Um, Over the course of doing photos, the first year of her life, we got to know each other. And then at her six-month or one-year session, we were like, why don't we go running sometime? And we started running together. And I had never had a running partner, and neither had she, but she's run a lot of marathons. um, And we're pretty similar in our pace and ability. And so it was just a good fit. We started running together, and she really pushed me into training for my first marathon.
0: Mm. And so... Isn't that, they're, they're
1: like family now
0: yeah and isn't that crazy like sometimes the most unexpected people end up being the people that you're closest to yeah it was
1: totally unexpected and um yeah they've been just truly wonderful friends to me and my husband and we will definitely miss them it's really sad to think about I mean I've known Nadine since she was born
0: mm. and now is that so their only child it's their only child yeah Hey friends, before I continue my conversation with Erin, I wanna tell you about the Runner's World Women's Getaway. Taking place May 18th through the 21st of this year at the Westin Riverfront Resort and Spa at Beaver Creek Mountain in Avon, Colorado. A soul gathering for women by women. This is the perfect weekend getaway with your girlfriends. And if you're a runner, it's even better because guess who's gonna be there? Elaine Flanagan and Elise Kopecky. This weekend is designed for females and runners of all ages and abilities. It's a weekend for rejuvenation and inspiration. It'll give you a chance to laugh and play with your friends and connect with new friends. And the weekend includes a three-night stay in the world-class Weston River, Riverfront Resort and Spa at Beaver Creek Mountain, daily guided runs, running and nutrition workshops, an opportunity to meet and mingle with Runners World editors and guests, yoga and other special runners world classes all kinds of fun stuff discounted spa services runners World getaway gift bag nutrition and coaching consultation this weekend sounds like a blast and i'm super jealous of everybody who's going if you guys have any questions about the weekend just email getaway at runnersworld.com and i'm gonna put the link to register in the show notes and that'll give you more information as well check out this event it's gonna be awesome all right let's continue my conversation with erin back to kids I'm just thinking here since you came from such a big family and I know you want children did you want do I mean did you have a vision of your life having lots of children like your family
1: I think when I thought I might get married when I was younger maybe but what by the time Ty and I got married we were thinking two or three kids Mm -hmm. now we're thinking we would be happy if we just have one like I mean and if we don't have kids we'll be fine I think that's something we're both like realizing it would not be our first choice, but really I think it's important to recognize like we have a family, even if we don't have kids.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it, but that's a weird thing to say, but it's also something I, I'm trying to make peace with. Cause it might not happen for us. Yeah. And it might, I hope it does.
0: Yeah. I feel like in this day and age, it's talked about a little bit more than it used to be, but like there's so, mm-hmm. you know, so many people that are dealing with fertility issues and, I just, that's, I feel like that's a really strong thing for you to say, you know, like we're okay if, if it doesn't happen.
1: And we were, I, I mean that, Yeah, it's not my favorite thing to say, but I do mean that I, and it has taken me a long time to get there. Like when I first got diagnosed, I couldn't even say out loud that we might not have kids <laughs> because that was so in my mind of who I was going to be when I got married. Like we were going to have kids. Yeah. Um, and we yeah, who knows what will happen and I'm hopeful, but if it doesn't happen, that doesn't diminish what we have as in our marriage or as a family, just the two of us. How
0: did you how do you think you got to the place where you've kind of like and and I like that you you say you're hopeful too and I'm hopeful for you. <laughs> but how Thank do you, you. <laughs> how do you think you got to a place in your life where you could you know, coming off from a year ago to here you are now, saying that, how did you get here?
1: It's been a process, but a lot of it I think happened, my sister had a baby in July, so it was right after I finished treatment. She got pregnant when I was sick and we got married the same month. Um, She's 18 months younger than me and I think in the process of watching her go through her pregnancy and getting to know her son and initially I was really sad that she was pregnant and I wasn't. And I had to work through that to be able to enjoy my nephew. Sure. And I think it just kind of happened naturally. And it wasn't like, a, oh, one day I was not on that page and now I'm on the page I'm on. Mm-hmm. It just was a process of like letting go and also holding on to hope and trying to hold that intention. And some days are good and some days are hard. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is if we don't have kids, there's still lots of kids in the world, and I love kids, and so I'm not I don't want to be bitter or heartbroken about that forever. I would rather just work my way through whatever emotions I'm feeling so that I can enjoy you know the life that I have.
0: I think that's a really, really important thing, and um, I mean to a completely different scenario but before we had kids I had two miscarriages and um, it kind of took us like took us like a good three years before we finally got pregnant with Marshall and like it worked and and everything and and I did struggle with being bitter a lot I mean I was young too I mean I, I well I was 29 when I by the time I had Marshall but you know I was young you know, when I was a 26 27 year old having miscarriages yeah. um, but still I mean similar to you, like, my sister-in-law got pregnant, and a little bit before me, and I had had my miscarriage, and then I remember her baby shower was, like, a week later, and, like, looking back, I wish I would have, but, like, I didn't even go to her baby shower because I was, like, so sad, and, like, I was afraid I would, like, cry at the shower and take away from what, you know, she was going through, Um, so I, I feel like coming from my minor experience that I had compared to what a lot of people are going through with fertility issues that that bitterness and that sadness is like one of the hardest parts.
1: It is hard because I think women, not everyone wants to be a mom, but if you have that in you, like it, that's just a natural thing. Like it's what happens if you're in a relationship at like, you know, it, it shouldn't be hard and it feels like it's not fair and that it is or that it can be. But I, if I let that define me, then my life is not going to be as full as it is because it'll I mean, I'm so happy for you that that's not the page you stayed on. And I hope this isn't the page we stay on. But again, if it is, we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really important thing to to try to work through, and you know, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I just, you know, you think when you're going through it, you're like, oh, of course she's pregnant again, and she's pregnant again, and you know, um, <laughs> it, does it you know, yeah. and and in all reality, it's just some people get pregnant really easy, and they don't have miscarriages, and you know, it's just it, you know, that's how their life is, so. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, when... my mom sneezed
1: and she got <laughs> pregnant.
0: <laughs> your parents didn't even like... have to sleep in the same bed and your mom got pregnant. <laughs> no, just,
1: yeah, it just happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, I feel like you'd, I had those, I had the, um, uh, I don't know if you listened to the episode when I had the two doctors on the fertility doctors. Yeah, I did. That one was really good. Yeah. I really like that episode. I feel like I could, I want to bring them back on and have listener questions just for the doctors um but I just feel like that topic is so important to talk about because people feel really isolated when they're going through it you know yeah it that is very true I've been surprised
1: at how many people in my friend circle that I had no idea what their struggles had been either before they got pregnant or they are not having children um who've opened up to me just in this these last few months and you would have no idea Mm Mm-mm
0: Yeah, for sure. So tomorrow, is it tomorrow that you're moving on to back to running again? Um, Are you pacing your brother tomorrow for his half marathon or was that last week? Tomorrow. Okay. No,
1: tomorrow morning.
0: Okay, so tell me about that a little bit. So
1: my brother, Zeke, so my family's kind of funny in that we have, like, half of us have really high metabolism and are pretty slim, and then the other half tend to struggle with their weight, and my brother, Zeke, is... 22 and a few years ago he went to the doctor and the doctor's like man you gotta lose some weight and he was getting close to 300 pounds so this was when he was a teenager and he just kind of kept going about life he's a super happy-go-lucky great guy um and just kind of shrugged it off and then last year I don't I would have to ask him what struck but he was like I gotta make a change and he changed how he ate and started running and He's lost 115 pounds, and tomorrow he's going to run his first half marathon.
0: And you're running it with him?
1: I'm running it with him. I'm going to pace him. He's trying to run. He'd like to finish in under two hours, which I think, based on his training, he should be fine to do that. Um, and I'm really excited for him. He's never run more than 10
0: and a half miles. Oh, oh, that'll be so fun. What, what half marathon is it? It's
1: the Cowtown um, in Fort Worth, which I've run it six or seven times. And it's a great... Um, I've never run the full there, but it's a great half marathon course. Um, And a couple of my siblings will be out to cheer for him. We're all really excited for him. He's so, so excited. Is he nervous? And he's already, he was not nervous yesterday. I'm going to call him uh, probably actually when I get done talking to you and just see how he's feeling. He's already thinking he wants to run two more halves. And then train for a full. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. I think that's so awesome that he's already like, and I'm going to be a marathoner.
0: Oh, my gosh. And that's actually really smart of him to say, I'm going to do two more halves first.
1: I know. I told him that. I think he's being really, um, he's like a sponge in terms of running. He's called me every few weeks and been like, what do you think I should do about this? Um, and... I think he's forming really good healthy habits for having a long-term relationship with running. So I'm excited for him.
0: That's so good. Yeah, he's making it a part of his life. He's not just like I'm losing I'm doing this to lose weight. Like this is my lifestyle. Right. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's right. So, what's next for you running wise? What what's your next race you're doing?
1: So, after that half with Zeke I'm, I need to pick a fall marathon. I still would really like to qualify for Boston and I'll probably ask you to coach me again. <laughs> um, but given because of the move, I haven't made any firm plans. Um, there is a marathon in Hartford where we'll be living in, I think it's in October. And the thought of training for an October marathon is so weird to me because in Texas, that's not when you train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too, too hot. hot. Um, but the, But the mornings are cool enough in Connecticut that I think I could train through the summer and that would be just fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure what marathon I'll do next, but I really would like to also PR in the half. I have, um, I think halves are so fun because they don't take nearly as much training time and uh, it's just not so exhausting on race day to run hard. Mm -hmm. So I I would like to PR in both the half and the full, maybe both this year. We'll have to see how it goes.
0: Yeah. I always say that I like fall marathons better than spring because most of us are training through like cold winters, or I shouldn't say most of us, but people where I am are training through cold winters, Yeah, and then you get like 75 degrees in April, and it's like, well, my body doesn't know what to do with that. (laughs) <laughs> you know
1: yeah. it's about to be super weird to me to have to train through cold winters next winter when it's when I'm living in Connecticut and there's snow on the ground I don't know how to run in that weather
0: but you did have snow boots on when you came to my house I did that's true I bought them
1: because I was moving to Connecticut <laughs> I
0: and like, I know living in Toronto that
1: if if you're gonna live where there's snow having shoes that keep your feet warm are like crucial element to being happy
0: yeah will you guys have a treadmill in your house
1: we're already shopping for a treadmill we're gonna buy one used for now and then get a new one yeah um eventually yeah i don't see myself running outside in the cold when it's dark for one thing but the hospital i work for also has a gym that i get a membership to so there's treadmills there too oh
0: that's really nice okay so we have to move to our fun questions what's the best advice you've ever been given So
1: I was thinking about this, and it's not because it's running advice, but the first marathon I ran, I ran, she would be a great guest, with my friend Enid, who went from being, like, a a five-and-a-half-hour marathoner to, like, a 3.10 marathoner. Um, And that marathon, right before it, she was like, here's the thing about running marathons. I'm sure other people have said it. Run the mile that you're in. Mm. Like, just don't be thinking about mile 16 when you're running the second mile, be thinking about the second mile and don't be thinking about mile 26 on mile 25. <laughs> and that advice translates to everything. Like when I had cancer that run the mile that you're in, like, okay, when you have to go to radiation every day and you're checking it off, like this is today, I don't have to think about tomorrow. It's just been super helpful to me. I think about it all the time.
0: That is really, really good. I love that so much. And as you were explaining it in the in the marathon, my mind went straight to to your treatment, and I was like, I guarantee she was thinking about that while she was going through that. Yeah, absolutely. If you could have coffee or cocktail with anybody, who would it be? Um,
1: I think probably Meb. Honestly, mm. I just love him. He's so inspiring and warm and. I don't know, and fast. (laughs) I would love to pick his brain, but the other person I would say is my dad's dad died before I was born, and everyone talks about him being a really jovial, humorous guy, and I would love to have gotten to know him in person.
0: Mm, I love that. A lot of people want to have a coffee or whatever with a grandparent that's passed away that they either didn't get to meet or they had a very short time with. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about Meb that I love so much, and um, it's interesting as I talk to different guests on the show, the different personalities that I get to meet in one of my recent interviews, and I feel like I'm going to keep talking about this person for a long time now, is Shelby Houlihan, and I I feel like I get this from Meb, too, is they just have so much fun when they're even racing, you know, even though it hurts. Yeah. And appreciating, yeah. like, like you were saying earlier, like, I get to do this, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure they yeah, get that's nervous. Right. Like, I'm sure there's some nerves and whatever, but like, I it's almost like you watch him race and he's like celebrating the whole time.
1: I know. And it there is something so inspiring about that.
0: Yeah. It makes you want to be yeah. like, stop being nervous for races and just enjoy them, you know? Even yeah, if it uh, hurts, because yes. it's going to hurt if you're doing it right or you, if, you're, if you want to uh, yeah, race for time.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, what What are you loving right now? Um, are you familiar with Oshi Glows? Oh, it's a blog, right? And she has like a vegan cookbook or something? It's a blog.
1: Yes, and she has... We're not vegetarian or vegan, but she has a vegan cookbook. And oh my gosh, we're obsessed with her recipes. Are they good? She has a vegan... Oh my gosh. Sorry for the oh my gosh is on repeat. Yes. There's a vegan shepherd's pie in her most recent cookbook that I could eat every day. It's super time-consuming to make, but it makes enough for us to eat Mm. several meals because there's just the two of us, Um, and it is so good. But they're really filling and healthy, hearty recipes, which I feel like sometimes if we eat vegetarian, or particularly vegan, we're always hungry, Mm -hmm. but her recipes are not. And I've liked her stuff for a long time, but lately because we've packed her cookbooks, the only one that's out. So I'm really, um, enjoying that.
0: Did you, um, start eating less meat or like change your diet with, uh, due to what you went through with cancer?
1: Yes. And when we move, we're actually really debating. Ty was vegetarian for a few years and I've eaten. I mean, I think we maybe eat meat once or twice a week, so it would not be a huge deal to give up. um, and definitely because I'm not taking the tamoxifen, we're super aware of our diet. Although I could afford to eat less ice cream, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we were we're trying to be pretty conscious about how what we eat. Lots of vegetables, heavy on, you know, um, vegetarian. And then if I don't you, like the term eating clean.
0: Uh, yeah, it's kind of like. Eh. It, it's, it's one of those things these days, just, like, self-care and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We want to eat nourishing food that comes from the ground as much as possible.
0: Now, when you do buy meat, are you sensitive to, like, buying an organic and, like, hormone-free? Or since you eat it so, um, you know, like, if you since you don't eat it very frequently, do you not really pay attention as much?
1: We do try to buy organic. Because we don't eat it a lot, it's not super expensive to and there's only two of us so when we move if we do continue eating meat I have forever wanted to just find a farmer to Mm -hmm. I trade a lot of my services oh yeah just find a farmer to trade photography for meat or minimally eggs yeah um we don't drink a lot of milk but that kind of stuff
0: isn't that interesting though, because um, I always have this debate over cheese, so <laughs> we are vegetarian, but we eat we're not vegan, we eat a lot of cheese, and yeah, damn, yeah. organic cheese is so expensive, and I'm like it is so expensive and but but so in my head, I'm like, what we should be doing is buy less cheese, eat less cheese, but eat the good quality. But instead, a lot of times I find myself buying just, like, whatever the Target brand, and we eat a lot of it. And I'm like, see, this doesn't make any sense. If you're eating a lot of it, you should be eating the good quality, you know. Um, But I just can't get myself to buy less and just buy, you know, the top quality. Like, every once in a while I go through these phases where I'm like, I only buy organic cheese, but then... I make like 14 grilled cheese sandwiches for my children and I'm like, this is crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) These 14 grilled cheeses
0: cost $14. (laughs) Exactly. And Um, and that's not sustainable. No, no. So, um, I actually just bought, speaking of vegan cookbooks, I just bought the, uh, have you ever listened to the ritual podcast? I have. And I, um,
1: yeah, he's good. Uh, yeah, he's also a little crazy, but really interesting.
0: <laughs> well, I try to explain it like he's a little too peace, love, hippy dippy for me. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's really good. He's really good at what he does. He's a he's a good um, interviewer, and um, he and his wife. His wife, I think, did most of it. Created a cookbook. Um, basically, like he's plant based. He's vegan, and she wanted to create all these recipes that could. But he was doing all these endurance sports, you know. So like. The recipes could properly fuel him and everything. But see, I have that cookbook now. I just got it yesterday. And I have Thug Kitchen. I feel like there's a lot of really good vegan cookbooks out, but not so much just straight-up vegetarian. Like, not meat, not vegan, but just, you know, like dairy and eggs, though, are in it.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't have any great vegetarian cookbooks. I have good vegan ones or else just regular cookbooks, and then I just set out the meat. yeah
0: and the thing about the vegan ones is like some of the stuff and a lot of the stuff I like but I want cheese in my lasagna I don't want cashew cheese in my lasagna
1: no and whenever people write like it's just as good I feel like it's because they haven't eaten cheese in a really long time
0: (laughs) totally I guess that being said I could just do cheat (laughs) do cheese and ignore that part and do the rest of the recipe how they ask you to do it that's a good point well and I do that with with Oshi
1: Glows, honestly, because we, like, that shepherd's pie that I love, it calls for vegan butter. I just put butter in it. Okay, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Or, and I don't always have nut milk in my house, but I usually have half and half for coffee, so I'll use that instead. Oh, yeah.
0: Know? Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, just because it calls for this nut milk doesn't mean you can't use regular dairy milk. Or, like, regular uh, cow milk or whatever. Right. Okay, so, um, Oshi and- Glows um and then I, I
1: we have a soda stream oh because we love carbonated water so we were we realized we were buying tons of bottles of carbonated water and like lacroix yeah and so we bought a soda stream with some money we got for, for a gift card from our wedding and we make our own carbonated water and also my husband is a scientist, so he hacked the CO2 container. So we have a giant CO2 container instead of the little tiny one that comes with the soda stream. And now we have an endless supply of cheap carbonated water.
0: That is genius. I'm telling you, I'm going through three liqueurs a day right now. Yeah, so we go,
1: it's made me stop thinking about how much carbonated water we drink because it's not a big deal. We just make our own. And then I just dump a little bit of. Um, lemon or lime juice or throw some berries in if I want it to have some flavor to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking, right now as we do this interview, I'm drinking lemon-flavored LaCroix, and, like, all that is is carbonated water with a splash of lemon in it, I mean, honestly. Yeah, yeah.
1: You'll and like, it costs more than soda, which is funny. See, yeah. I'm drinking carbonated water that I need.
0: <laughs> see? Oh, my gosh. With I, some lime juice. I think there's something about, I think that that's really smart. And I could save a lot of money if I had that. I think there's something about the can <laughs> that makes me feel like it's special. Like, this is my, you know, I get to noon and I'm like, this yeah, is I my understand treat. That. I get my LaCroix. <laughs> like, I base my day on the drinks that, that I get to have. But I'm really sucking these LaCroix down. <laughs> like, I, I think, so I guess if you think about it, say I buy two, eight packs a week, that's like $10 a week on LaCroix. I guess it's not the end of the world and it's better than drinking it's not, actual It's no. But now I kind of no, like soda not, stream. No, it's
1: not. I just like it because it's always there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I run out of liquor. I don't know if
1: you know anyone that has one. Just...
0: Try it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I run I mean, out of my LaCroix and my I, well, I, kids are napping, like I can't go buy LaCroix. I have to stay home. I'm like you know, in lockdown jail mode so this would solve that problem.
1: You can't just pop the bottle under the soda stream and right. make it instantly.
0: And if I really yeah. love my can so much, so, I could just reuse a liqueur can and put it under your soda stream. <laughs> you totally could. We have solved this problem. <laughs> okay, I really like that I know. answer. I, That's super fun. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you're loving before we move on?
1: I love my Garmin. Mm. I have a 235, a 4Runner. I love that the heart rate monitor is on my watch um, because I go to lots of doctor's appointments and they're always telling me my heart rate is too low because I'm a runner. And I know it's not too low because my watch tells me what it is all the time. Yeah. But also it's a great watch. I like that it can get text messages and yeah, I just love it.
0: That is really cool. That's so funny. The doctors, I mean, it's, it's every time I have a baby. The nurses are always I'm sure. going. She's a runner. Oh, and don't worry about her heart rate. It's because she's a runner. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, what is the rest of America doing that this is actually like a thing we're talking about? Jeez.
1: I know it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. It it made me feel better about it because I had some procedure. I don't remember what one it was, but the monitor that tells that makes the nurses come in kept going off mm. because my heart rate was too low. Mm. But it was my normal heart
0: rate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They also always tell me my blood pressures. Like they're always like, "Oh, your blood pressure." I'm like, "No, seriously, like 90 over 60 is normal for me. Like that's just what my yeah, blood pressure yeah, same. does." Same. What what's the best most recent book you've read?
1: Um, so my, I got sucked into this series. There are these Canadian mysteries called the Armand Gamache series by mm-hmm. Louise Penny. Okay. And I think there's 12 books and they're about this police inspector who solves murders but there's also all this corruption in the police force they are totally random to what I usually read um but the characters are all really deeply human and flawed and I I don't know I've just really enjoyed them they're good writing they're fun my husband's reading them too we kind of make fun of each other because I feel like they're like old people books but
0: well when you were I've been ex-
1: reading them obsessively
0: when you were explaining it I was thinking they sound like the kind of book that like both male and female would like. Like, I feel like Glenn would like that yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Can... And there's 12 of
1: them, so I have read nothing else this year, really. How thick are they? <laughs> I mean, like, how big, 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 big are they? They're like 300 pages. Oh, my goodness.
0: And does each. Yeah, they're like big novels. Does each go off the next? Like, you have to read the one before it to go to the next one?
1: Yes, but not in the way that, like, I was a big Harry Potter fan. Mm -hmm. It's not quite like that, where you could read them on their own and it would be fine. But they definitely build on the stories Mm -hmm. and uh, some of the characters repeat. And they're really good. They've been really fun. Tell me what they're called again. The series is, they have two, the series early on was called The Three Pines Mysteries. But now I think she's renamed the series The Armand Gamache Series and the author is Louise Penny.
0: Okay, I feel like Armand Ganache. Canadian. I would never say I, that's a word I would never say right. I feel like I'm probably saying it wrong, but <laughs> do you guys watch TV? Okay. I, I could see you as the type of person that doesn't watch TV. Um, I didn't have a TV when
1: I got married, but now we've watched lots of TV. <laughs> We primarily disagree on TV shows because, Ty, I feel like I've heard you talk about Glenn, like this, like super dark, heavy things, and I can't watch any of them. Uh So where we overlap in the world of Food Network and American Ninja Warrior, which Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit embarrassed about, but I'm just going to own it. Um, So we watch a lot of Food Network. We love Bobby Flay and Chopped.
0: Yeah, and I love American Ninja Warrior. And this season, I haven't watched
1: Watchers. Oh, yeah, it's so fun. It makes you want to be like,
0: really crazy strong. athletic.
1: And I'm amazed. Yeah, I love that there are now women on the show that mm-hmm. are competing with the men. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just fun. Yeah, you get You really sucked in.
0: I always try to think of people in my life that I know that could act. I'm like, Oh, this person like Laura Redmond, she was on this podcast, like way back when I think like episode twenty, And she's the CrossFitter that also ran in the Olympic trials and the marathon like not talented at all, <laughs> um, but she um, she's super strong and fit and um, has a lot of endurance. And I'm like, man, if I were her, I would want to go on that show because I think she could just kill it.
1: She should do it.
0: Do you have some favorite social media accounts to follow? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: What I, well, I'm a photographer, so I am like my social media stuff is Instagram. I'm obsessed with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more so than I should be. Hands down, my favorite is Humans of New York. I mm. think most people know he's in New York, but I think it's incredible and inspiring and awesome. Um, and then there's this guy, I don't know how you say his last name, so I'll have to email it to you so you can put it in the notes, mm. Andy Silverstoff, and he does a series called Little Kids with Their Big Dogs
0: mm, and their so photos, cute. and they are
1: so They're amazing. I love that. I mean, it'll be like a giant great day playing with a little tiny baby. It's pretty adorable. That's so sweet. It makes you feel like the world is a wonderful place. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really love his stuff right now. My wedding photographer was my friend Anastasia Chomlak, and her Instagram feed is beautiful. She also right now is battling breast cancer, and she's been hugely influential in my life with photography. And then um, her husband officiated my wedding, and I love her photographs. They're mm. really beautiful. So I can, could not recommend her highly enough.
0: Is that um, her? You can say An, Anastasia
1: Chomlak is her name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I think the way I actually originally got to your podcast was NYC Running Mama. Oh, thanks, Michelle. And I love, yeah, I love following her Instagram. She is, when I started reading her blog, I feel like she was like a 330 marathoner and she's just clipping away at her time Mm -hmm. and it is so inspiring to me to watch her work really hard and, you know, she's a mom and she's a runner and is working full time and still makes time to set her goals. Cause people who don't run can be a little bit like, well, you won't have the t- time to do that when, yeah, you I, can make time to do it. if It's important to you.
0: And if anybody's proving that it's her, I mean, I don't know how she does it. I really, really, really don't
1: like, I don't either. And that's not to say you should, you have to do it. No. If you didn't want to, that's fine. Right. But like She likes she really it. She obviously me.
0: thrives on doing it. Yeah. She obviously thrives on it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think about her a lot with that because, man, she's disciplined. But then I, with her, with if hi, Michelle, if you're listening, um, I always go back to like, okay, <laughs> she also went to West Point. So she's got that in her nature. Yes. You know? That's like, right. Yeah. Discipline, yes. hardworking. She's a high achiever. Yes. Yes. Um, and not to mention, you know, there's so many people on social media that you meet and they come and go and whatever, but, but that you don't really know who they are until you meet them in person. And I've met her in person and she really is just like super kind and sweet and humble and, and she's a good one for sure.
1: that's how she comes across. And I've, I don't know, she's really inspired me in my running. So I really like following her stuff.
0: Well, and I, I appreciate you saying that's how you found this podcast because that shows me so much like, when guests guests that are on the show, like, she shared that with whoever followed her on Instagram. Like, that's how you found the show. And if she hadn't have done that, maybe you would have never found the show. I would have never met you in I know. Person. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Social media is a, is a viral, crazy, crazy thing. It is totally. Yeah. Did, did you have one more? That was four. It's okay if you only have four, though. Um, I would say also, has, oh, she glows,
1: has, to go back to shouting her out. Her Instagram feed is like healthy food porn, and I want food to look yummy and healthy. When somebody can make a healthy meal look like, oh, I want to make that right now. I think that takes skill, and I really enjoy. She's a great photographer, so that's fun.
0: Right. Think about how much work goes into those pictures too. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, you know more than anybody. I mean, she didn't just whip up that yeah. food though and set it on a plate. Like, there's some art there.
1: Yes, it's like whipping up the food and making it look pretty.
0: Yes, oh my gosh. Um, A question I'm toying around with adding in is, do you have a favorite nonprofit you like to support?
1: I love that question, and I have um, Charity Water, which actually that's a great social media feed as well. I, the guy that founded charity water actually also really helped me in my photography journey, but hit, it's a nonprofit based out of New York. A hundred percent of the proceeds go to providing clean water in countries or areas that don't have it. So they have like two separate fundraising components, one to kind of pay the bills of running the charity. But if you donate money to them, a hundred percent of it goes to digging wells where there's not water and I've traveled a little bit in the developing world in places where people provide clean water. It utterly transforms the health of a community. Um, and so I just feel like that's such an easy charity to give to, and I will always support it.
0: I love that so much. It is so insane that there are people in the world that do not have clean water. How have we it, not solved this problem?
1: I don't know, but I hope that in our lifetime we see it solved.
0: And I always feel like with stuff like this like okay I will I will donate my money but like what else can I do? Like you know what I mean? Like what else can we do to solve the problem other than give our money to people that have created these organizations? Like how does it end? It's so sad.
1: Well then I think the other thing we do is have conversations like this so that yeah. other people who maybe aren't thinking oh it, it opens the door for more people to be giving. And the, because of the way Charity Water works, they create sustainable projects. So they, when they go in to dig a well, they're also training the community how to maintain it mm-hmm. so that it continues to provide water. It's not just a one-off. They stay involved.
0: That's so important.
1: Um, and I think charities that are doing things like that, there are other ones that do similar work, are making a huge difference in the world. And yeah. hopefully these kinds of conversations help them have the means to give to those communities so that it changes
0: yeah that's really great maybe I should have them on the podcast
1: that would also be awesome
0: <laughs> I love that good luck with the move thank you oh my gosh when it's is gonna it gonna be a wild ride so you have the half marathon tomorrow March 20th okay so you have half like marathon tomorrow with, yep oh my goodness it's gonna be
1: pretty crazy. well yeah.
0: I hope well I'll talk to you more in the next four years, but I hope these next four years are full of adventure and hope and everything you could want them to be.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: I feel like I'm going to cry right now. (laughs) Oh, don't cry. That came from my heart.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm really glad that um, we've connected and I look forward to you know, staying in touch. It's gonna to be good.
0: Awesome. We'll have fun with your brother tomorrow.
1: All right. I will. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh
0: huh. See you, Erin. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Thank you, Erin, for coming on the show. Make sure you head over to the show notes to find all the information that we talked about in this episode. Everything that Erin talked about and what she's loving. Also, to check out Now Foods, the link to save twenty five percent on their products is in the show notes. You can go to Now Two. You.com to save 25% off your next order. Thank you everybody who has left me iTunes reviews. Thank you to all my Patreon supporters. And thank you to everyone who is simply listening every week. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Also, don't forget to check out Charity Water, the nonprofit that Erin mentioned she supports. I'm gonna put a link to donate to them on the website. And I'm committing to donating $50 to Charity Water for the month of March after this conversation and I challenge you to donate as well. I'll have a link to donate in the show notes. You guys have a wonderful weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.